We started on our journey together with a paranormal investigation at Eloise Asylum. We left the asylum eager to learn the truth. We bought our own equipment and decided to document our findings. And we're here to share them with you. I'm Melissa. I'm Mandy. Welcome to our paranormal experience. back. We're coming to you from Mandy's backyard. Yes, it's a beautiful night and we thought it would be fun to sit outside and talk about cryptids. We don't know a lot about cryptids. I mean, we know a lot about some cryptids, you know, some more than others, and there's some we've never heard of. So we thought we would sit on the back porch and learn and you can learn with us. So this is going to be some lesser known cryptids. We're not going to we're not going to touch on the bigger ones. I mean those would require whole episodes. There's been so many sightings and whatnot. This is just going to be something we're here to have fun with. I was really surprised at how many there are. I was too. I'm looking at this list and I had no idea that cryptids were in three different categories. You've got aquatic, terrestrial, which I guess would be the land. Oh, it's like Bigfoot. Yes. And then there is air, the flying. What cryptids fly? Mothman. (gasps) Right. Mothman. The Jersey Devil. So like water, Nessie, land, Bigfoot, terrestrial, and then flying Mothman. I think those would probably be the most famous of the cryptids for those categories. But there was quite a bit on here that I had never heard of. One that I really thought was kind of cool, and I'm not really sure what I thought was so interesting about it. I think it's just like the depictions, like if you Google it, the depictions of this cryptid are just really creepy to me. And the name of the cryptid is Kikimora. Which would be a terrestrial cryptid. Kikimora, a legendary creature a female house spirit in Slavic mythology. We're going to do our best with the pronunciation of some of this. We're going to try, but... We're going to try. We're going to try, <laughs> yeah. The picture that we found, it looks like a like a drawing in a children's book, right, Melissa? Kind yeah, of? Yeah, I think most like of like them that I saw drawing. were kind of sketches. Those creepy old sketches Black like you would white see in a, in a book. But it looks to have giant... Like chicken feet, turkey feet, and it looks like it has a bird kind of beak or face. It's got long, scraggly black hair and really long fingers. It kind of, kind of like talons. They, look they like do talons. look like they've got talons, really long nails, and the, the dress looks like very old timey, like a house coat. Like a peasant would wear, like clothing. Yes. She's got like a scarf over her hair, like she's been cleaning and old. And I don't know. She looks very scary. It's funny that you say it looks like she has chicken feet because the Kiki Mora are known to have the snout of a dog, the beak of a chicken, and sometimes resemble. A goat-like entity. They can also have glowing eyes and horns. That's why she wears the scarf on her head. It hides her horns. I just think it's super creepy. Like, if I saw this in my bedroom, I'll haunt all the ghosts ever. But if Kikimura, if one looks like Kikimura, (laughs) I'm out. If your house is in order, you are in luck. Because... The Kikimora will look after your chickens and do some housework. If it's not, she might break your dishes, cause chaos, and she might be the one that steals the second sock out of the dryer, so you no longer have pears. That makes sense. It does. You never it? ever find those. Yeah, they're gone forever. Yeah, I used yeah. to have a pile, and I would save them, thinking one day they'd show up. If you make her mad, maybe she mix matches your Tupperware. 
Oh. She takes some lids, she, takes some bowls, you know. She's very evil. <laughs> is evil. She also apparently, if angered, spins thread. I don't know why, but it's very Rumpelstiltskinish. I said that so bad of her. Rumpelstiltskinish of her. I wonder what she does with the thread. Does she sew people's mouths shut? Does she tie them up? Ooh. She does try to strangle people sometimes. With so the thread? that could be what the thread is for. That makes sense. She likes to come in the house and leave wet footprints behind. This picture it looks like wet footprints on a deck after you got out of a pool. But it's supposed to be a sign that the Kikimura was there. I think somebody's just using their pool and they don't know it. I think the so. neighbor kids are hopping the fence, <laughs> swimming in the pool. I don't know. They better be careful, though, because she might slide through their keyhole with her thread. She also causes food to spoil, doors to open, and can make people's lives a living nightmare. Ooh. The word kikimora is derived from the word kikimert, which is scarecrow or bag-made person. Maybe that's where she gets her thread. Pulls it from her bag. Kind of like Oogie Boogie yeah. in The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yes. She also has been known to cause sleep paralysis. I've had one instance of sleep paralysis as an adult. When you're little, I feel like it happens to everybody. You wake up and feel like you're falling or like me. I remember I was always like falling into like an alligator or snake pit. Did you? <laughs> I don't. I never felt like I was falling. I just felt paralyzed. I felt like I would try to scream or call for my mom and no sound would come out. I lived in this house and I did not believe in ghosts at the time, but I lived in this house. I was in my early 20s. I didn't believe in ghosts, but like. All sorts of weird things would happen, and everyone else thought my house was haunted. I didn't think it was haunted. I was just like, electrical problem, air pressure. (laughs) I like made all these reasons. But looking back, knowing what I know now, it was probably haunted. Yeah. But I was asleep on my couch one day, so I was on my back, which usually I'm not, and something was on my chest, Mm -hmm. and it bent down and whispered in my ear. But I couldn't see it. Could feel like it's hot breath. What did it say? I don't know. Ew. And I wondered it for the longest time. What did it say? Because that did freak me out when that happened. That would freak me out too. And that was the last time I think I've ever had sleep paralysis. You're lucky. Remember I just had it like a few weeks ago? You had a... Yes. You have really crazy sleep paralysis. Tell the story of when you had sleep paralysis... When we were, like, hovering. Yes. So I was I was a teenager, was having a sleep paralysis episode. It was a little different because I was floating, like, I, I was on the ceiling looking down. I was trying to yell for my mom again or yell for help, and I couldn't make a noise. I couldn't talk. Nothing was coming out. So I was trying to take my body and, like, hit it against the wall. To make noise so my mom would come in. Then I really don't remember what happened after that. Like, I don't know if I woke up and I was on the bed or if I just didn't wake up and went back to sleep. But it felt real. Like, I know it wasn't real. never have I had a dream that I was literally trying to, like, throw my body against the wall to wake somebody up. Or, like, sleep paralysis. Like, that is weird to me. It was scary. Like, it, it really was scary. That was different than any sleep paralysis that I'd ever had before. Melissa, guess how the Kikimora came into being. Ooh, how? A new Kikimora comes into the world every time there's a stillborn or a child dies. That's sad and super creepy. It is. There's another way, though. Some versions say that parents curse their children. And that's how she comes into being. That's mean. I just feel like everything negative, like, is revolving around the kids, right? Like, yeah. both ways are negative, like, bad things for the kids. 
They also like to scare human children, and some people say that they do cause children's death. They may even cause the death of the woman in labor. Man, these kikimoris can be... They don't like... They're evil. They don't like kids. That's horrible. (laughs) There's two kinds of kikimora. One comes from the forest and is married to Damovi. The other comes from the swamp and is married to Leshy. And I think that this is specific to Russian folklore. So Damovi, according to Russian folklorist E.G. Kagrov, is a personification of the supreme rod in the microcosm of kinship. And this, to me, overall, seems like a good spirit. Yeah. They seem to protect the household and the well-being of their kin. Very protective towards children and animals. So he's opposite. Opposites attract. (laughs) That is true. Leshy is a bit darker, it seems. He's a deity of the forest in pagan Slavic mythology. He rules the forest in hunting. He is sometimes described as having a wife and children. He is known by some to lead travelers astray and abduct children, Mm. which would lead you to believe that he is an evil entity. Mm -hmm. But he's known to have a neutral disposition toward humans. I guess it depends on your attitude and behavior. So maybe he only steals children from evil people? Maybe he only takes them from bad parents? or Well, it does say Lashi could take children who were cursed by their relatives away to the forest people. So that makes sense. Earlier when I said that some people believe that the Kikimoro came into being by parents cursing their children. Right. So she's taking them away from them. Or he's taking them away from them. Right? Well, yeah, both of them. Okay. To raise them, what, is their own to be forest people? It's kind of sweet. Kind of not. Not. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the Swamp Kikimora that is married to Leshy. And I will tell you what, she definitely looks the part of someone who would be luring children away. She's usually described as small, ugly, hunchbacked, thin, and scruffy with a pointed nose and disheveled hair, which I feel like is kind of like the first picture we saw. It is. It reminds me of the witch, like in Snow White. Ooh, yeah. The, my picture. Except she uses moss and grass as clothes. Oh. Which makes it more creepy. Probably more stinky, too. Sometimes she knocks travelers off the road and drowns them. There's also a Russian Kikimora who loved to brew beer. Baba, hmm, I'm not going to get this, Banolza, that probably, that doesn't sound Russian at all, so I guarantee <laughs> to be saying it wrong. Um, and when she brews her beer, fog rises over the swamp. It's not poison? or anything she just makes it because maybe she's just giving it to the family you know okay or she's trying to get a lot of children you got to get them to sleep somehow she's trying to get them drunk so they get pregnant and have more children yeah. or get them drunk and they're not paying attention to their children it's easier to drown drunk people it is yeah yeah knocking drunk travelers off the road way easier So, Melissa, I did find one good thing about the Kikimora. Okay. She was used by mothers to keep the children quiet at night. They would threaten the children that the Kikimora would get them if they weren't quiet. Give them her beer. (laughs) She would. She's got to be brewing this beer for a reason. If you live in a happy household and have a harmonious family... The Kikimora is a good entity that will help you with your housework and look after your family and live behind your stove. When she is in a happy home, she tends to take the form of a more beautiful woman. She's also said to take the form of a beautiful woman 
when she's haunting men's dreams, taunting them with their desires, and sometimes strangling them. She is just opposite of everything she does. Like, there's there's no gray area. She's black or white. Right. She's either doing horrific things or helping you with housework, which everybody wants, right? Right, exactly. One thing that we noticed is that on the list of cryptids, there are a few different extinct animals. At first, when I saw that there were some animals on here that were extinct, I, it kind of threw me off. Like, how is that a cryptid? It's right. a real animal, right? But then when I thought about it, it's kind of cool because that could mean that Bigfoot or Mothman or any of the other cryptids. They existed at one time and there just wasn't proof. Like they didn't find the proof they needed to say they existed in the past. Right. Or maybe they'll find that proof in the future. There's only a few of something left and it will be extinct, but they don't know it exists yet. So they don't. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, science is always changing. And, you know, I hear all the time things about, like, races of giants. How there has been said to be actual skeletons of giants. There are actual accounts of giants. And if you're religious, there's actual accounts of giants in the Bible. And some people go looking for these skeletons of giants and try to, like, prove them authentic and whatnot. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah, every day. And, like, they're even finding new dinosaur bones all the time, too, of dinosaurs they didn't know existed. Right. And didn't they just recently change what they thought dinosaurs looked like? Like, they are feathery. Yes. And then the brontosaurus, like, a few years ago, they decided that there really wasn't a brontosaurus. Oh, I didn't know that. That what they thought was a brontosaurus was actually a mix of two different types of dinosaurs that they had put together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, science is ever-changing. We're learning new things every day. So maybe one day we'll find out that bones that they mixed with a dinosaur are actually Bigfoot bones. Are these giant bones? Yeah. Are people? So what animals are on the cryptids list? Because I'm assuming there's still sightings, right? Um, You looked into this part, but I'm assuming, is that what it is? There's still sightings of these there, there is for this particular one, um, so strange like to me just to say it that it's on the cryptid list, the ivory-billed woodpecker. And it depends on what source you read. Some people say that it's extinct, and then some people are saying that it's possibly extinct. But it is the largest woodpecker north of Mexico. How big is it? Overall, the length is approximately 19 to 20 inches, but wow, that's the, big. But the wingspan is 30 to 31 inches. It sounds beautiful. I mean, because, and, and I guess I'm just used to the woodpeckers around here, right? We live in Michigan and we don't have as, you know, big and boisterous animals as some other places. And our woodpeckers are, I mean, they're small. That's huge for a woodpecker. It is. I can't even imagine. Oh my God. We're outside. You guys know we're outside. And we heard banging. I don't know if you can hear that. Sounded like a woodpecker. <laughs> We're talking about woodpeckers. I was like, is that, is it over there right now? But it's not. Just somebody hammering something. But um, I just, I'm imagining the holes that they could make. Like that seems like they could be kind of destructive. I mean, around here, the woodpeckers make giant holes in things as it is. And they're small. Both of the bird parents They work together and they dig out a hole in the tree roughly 15 to 70 feet from the ground. So it's up really high, but the depth is roughly 20 inches. Wow. So that's like, that's 20 inches as a big hole to dig, I feel like, for birds. Right, and it must be really wide for them to fit through there because they are bigger birds. You know, it's no wonder why they say possibly, right? Because if they're living up that high, it must be really hard to determine if they are actually extinct or not. That's true. The last... Any volunteers to go checking all the trees in the world? Just kidding. (laughs) Some people might. The last universal sighting that's been accepted was in Louisiana in 1944. So it's been that long since people have actually agreed that they actually saw that it. they actually saw him hmm. or it. 
So the next one that I found interesting was the Megalodon, because I feel like we've all heard of that, and it's a species of shark. Yeah, I've heard of that. Right. I think they made a movie about it, too. It's extinct. It was a mackerel shark, and it lived approximately 3.6 million years ago. And these are supposed to be exceptionally large, correct? They are exceptionally large. They were approximately 33 and a half feet long. Wow. There's some different variations on the actual length. The average size, they think, is around 33 and a half feet. They have found some that were over 58 feet long. Wow. And some scientists, not all of them agree, but that the largest ones could have been up to 82 feet long. Wow. And just for scale, like an average car is like 14 and a half foot. So the smallest one or the average one would have been more than two cars, which I feel like is big. But when you think about... I mean, and the biggest one is more than double that. Almost triple. Right. Almost. That's huge. Eight car lengths. Almost. They are so big that they say that they could eat an orca in five bites. Wow. That's scary. It's terrifying. We would be like a tiny snack. Like a little french fry. They wouldn't even know. A little hors d'oeuvre. Yeah. It's probably be like us swallowing a little bug or something. Yeah. The next one on the list that I thought was pretty cool is the Luska. And it is one of the most feared sea monsters. It prowls in the deep and feeds on the unexpected. This is shown to be an octopus, but it's actually a chimera. It's a mismatch of animal parts. It definitely, I mean, you can definitely see the octopus in it because it has all of the tentacles. In the picture that I'm looking at, the upper body of the Luska is depicted as a shark. There was an actual supposed Luska discovery, the decomposed body of a Luska in Anasta Beach in Florida, which is the world famous St. Augustine monster. Supposedly, you can find Luskas around Florida, the Bahamas, Belize, warm oceanic waters, they are said to live in blue holes. What is a blue hole? It's a large marine cavern or sinkhole, oh. which is open to the surface. And I'm just picturing the beautiful blue water. I mean, I've seen pictures, you yeah. know, of like the water in the Caribbean. I've never been there. Yeah. I've seen pictures of it and you can see like yeah. darker spots. I can and imagine I'm just picturing it, right? Because the water seems so clean. Aluska is said to grow over 250 feet. That's huge. That tops the megalodon. The smaller end at 75 feet. I wonder how big its tentacles are. Like if it's that huge. It must be huge. They're said to be lightning fast. They have razor sharp shark teeth. Great white shark, to be specific. They can also travel on small patches of land. Oh, my gosh. Just imagine a shark with octopus legs. Great white shark with octopus legs just coming out of the ocean. No. Walking up to 250 feet Do of you, great, walk, sh- so great you white know shark what, you know with what I'm, octopus. You know what I'm picturing? Because octopus have eight legs or eight tentacles, right? So I'm picturing like this giant water spider thing. I, that's kind of what I'm picturing too, but with a large shark coming up off of No, it. right. So it's like a spider with like tentacles and shark teeth. They have the ability to change colors and blend in with their environment. There are theories to its origin. The ghost of a drowned woman that transformed into a beast. Oh my. The hair is like the tentacles kind oh, of behind okay. it. Okay. They're comparing it to this theory of it to like a banshee. Some people feel that it's a yet unidentified 
creature like the Kraken. Some say it's a mermaid. That is not like any mermaid I've ever pictured. Maybe like. But are you picturing like the sweet mermaids? Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that really in mythology, mermaids are terrifying creatures with like long, razor sharp nails and teeth, and they're like ugly. And some say it's a dragon like being, the last of its kind. Some think it's an evil spirit that takes the form of its intended victim's worst fears. That sounds like something Freddy Krueger has done before. A demon or satanic beast that feeds off souls. Why does it have to be a demon or satanic? You know, maybe (laughs) it's just trying to live its life in the ocean. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? I, I feel like people can say that about things that they don't understand. Yeah, let it live its life. I'm not going anywhere near it. Things in the ocean... I don't feel like we should touch them. Unless it's garbage, we should pick that up. Yeah. Or a dolphin. Yeah. Oh, I saw a video today of a sea turtle. And it had like a rope wrapped around its neck. And it swam up to a boat. And these people cut it off. Our garbage, man. Our garbage is just terrible. Do you think it swam there for help? They thought that, yeah. They thought it swam up to the boat for help. And they pulled it up. And it – I mean, and this is a turtle – That could bite somebody's finger off, you know? I mean, it's huge. And it did not bite or anything. Like, it let them cut this rope from around its neck. And it was a really little rope. Oh, so it was so sad. It was cutting into its neck, like, all around. And they, like, cleaned it. They, It looked like iodine Mm -hmm. um, that they took. And they, like, cleaned around it because the rope had been there for so long. It was, like, slowly decapitating the turtle. That's awful. Yeah. You know, it was probably hard to breathe. I didn't tell the whole thing. It actually, a shark, a small shark, I don't know what kind it was, helped the turtle up to the boat. I'm not even joking. Next on our list is the Loveland Frog. That sounds like a cute, like, kid storybook. The Ohio Amphibian Cryptid. In May of 1955... Supposedly, a traveling salesman was driving through the area when he crossed a poorly lit bridge. This bridge was over the Miami River. Three humanoid frog-like creatures were on the side of the road. (laughs) They were just like standing there talking amongst themselves. Oh. They didn't seem to notice the salesman. They seemed to be three and a half feet tall. Leathery skin, webbed hands and feet, bulging eyes, wide mouths, deep grooves on their heads in place of hair. Eventually, they noticed the salesman. One is said to have pulled out a wand and waved it. Sparks flew into the air and the man sped away. Loveland frogs are magical. (laughs) The salesman's name is not a part of this tale. Oh. Is it, do you think it's because he thinks people think he's crazy or because he doesn't exist? I don't know. It's a toss-up. Did anybody else see these frogs ever? In 1972, a police officer of Loveland, Ray Shockey, was driving near the Totes Boot Factory by the Miami River when something dashed in front of his car. Its eyes glowed in the headlights. It was said to have gotten a decent look at it, and he said it was similar to the creature in the traveling salesman story. Three to four feet tall, distinct frog-like features. The frogmen ran to the side of the road, hopped the guardrail. Oh, my God. Can you picture that? Can you, like, <laughs> hopping? hopping? And he, like, hops on it. And just, like... <laughs> After he hopped the guardrail very cutely, he escaped into the river. There was scratch marks in the side of the guardrail, the metal guardrail. A few weeks later, 
Officer Mark Matthews was driving in the same area. Something crouched in the middle of the road. He thought it was a roadkill, and he jumped out of his car and was going to clean it up, and it jumped at him. Oh, my God. Oh, no. (laughs) No. Do you remember earlier today when the spider jumped on me? Yes. Can you imagine if a giant frog jumped at you? Especially if you thought it was roadkill. Like, anything that you think is roadkill and it jumps at you, that's terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) It dashed to the guardrail and went underneath. Apparently, it kept eye contact with him the whole time. He shot at it. I know, right? It did stop moving, and he recovered the body and put it in his trunk to show Officer Shockey. They identified the animal as a large iguana, three to three and a half feet long, but it was missing its tail. I still don't think an iguana looks like a frog. I don't either. I mean, if it didn't have a tail, right? But I don't know. I mean, I think that iguanas look more like crocodiles or... Dinosaurs. Yeah, they're like a dinosaur-shaped creature. Yeah. I... However you imagine your dinosaur, I guess. (laughs) Depends on which dinosaur. We've never seen one. But, yeah. The one they found, though, I didn't have its wand. Yeah, that I was going to ask about Too bad. That that. would have really helped him get away. It would have. They sell I Saw the Loveland Frog t-shirts. I would buy one. Me too. So the Loveland Frog is famous for being the only cryptid with a musical. Joshua Steele and Mike Hall wrote the bluegrass musical Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. (laughs) It came out May 29, 2014 at the Cincinnati Fringe Festival. So Melissa, I just pulled up a picture of a giant iguana. And I guess a giant iguana does look a little bit more frog-like than a regular iguana. Imagine this without a tail. I still say alligator. It looks like... Don't you think it does look a little frog-like? I guess. Only because it's got, like, these chubby, hangy cheeks. hmm I mean, it's got a pretty fat belly. But was dark out? Maybe. It, it didn't have a tail? It's because pretty cute. I think a tail is probably one of the identifying factors of, like, a some type of lizard or iguana. That is true. And so if it didn't have a tail, I might think it was some other type of giant creature. I just love its pudgy belly. I'm not a huge lizard fan, but I would rub it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder about the salesmen and the three that were talking with their wives. Right, because those ones were standing on their hind legs, and I get the impression that the one that they saw on the road wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly the roadkill one was not. They thought it was roadkill. It was clearly. And maybe it was hit by a car. Maybe that's why, I mean, it was lacking its tail, right? There's a lot of pictures of giant iguanas in here. They're super cute. <laughs> Look at them all. Like, they're they're so different. They are very different than what I pictured just a regular iguana to be. Could be. I don't know. I I like to think of magical frogs, though. I think that's cute. The picture that I have here of the Loveland frog, these are like <laughs> human legs. <laughs> and the frog is just upright, and he looks almost scared. He looks like he's hunchback. He's very funny. You know what I did picture at first, though? And I know, like, it was not part of the story, but my brain morphed two things together. And it was the 1950s and the traveling salesman seeing the frogs on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. So I picture, like, a 1950s traveling salesman, like, having some type of hat. Oh, of course. And, and you know, maybe, like, a, a jacket, like a suit jacket. Yeah. But I pictured the frogs wearing that. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like he should be wearing that. Doesn't he? And have like a magical wand. Yeah. Maybe like even like a little like um, spectacle. Oh, yes. A monocle. A monocle. 
Like the Monopoly Man. Yeah. Except Monopoly Man doesn't have a monocle. He doesn't. <laughs> stupid Mandela. <laughs> well, not stupid Mandela. Stupid Mandela effect. Because yeah. let's not blame Nelson Mandela. <laughs> this is true. But he does. He looks like he looks like he would be like a great puppet show character. <laughs> he does. He's I feel really bad for him. I don't because <laughs> he looks so scared. He does. Look so he scared. looks like he looks like he has this face on him that's just saying, "Get me out of this awkward body." <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> oh. The next one on our list is the Dover Demon. In 1977, 17-year-old Bill Bartlett claimed that while he was driving, he saw a large-eyed creature with tundra-like fingers and glowing eyes on top of a broken stone wall. This occurred on Farm Street in Dover, Massachusetts. In the same evening, 15-year-old John Baxter reported seeing something very similar on Miller Hill Road. The following night, 15-year-old Abby Brabham saw the same thing. They all drew sketches of the creature. Bill Bartlett wrote on his sketch, swear on a stack of Bibles that I saw this creature, according to the Boston Globe. Do we know, or does it say if these three... Kids knew each other? It does not say specifically if the children did know each other. People did suspect that this could be a school vacation hoax. If you plot the sightings on a map, they are in a straight line within two miles. That's interesting. And did you say that the first two boys that saw it the same night, that there was different locations, correct? They were all different locations. Because Within in, the two miles. And you said this was in the 70s? Yes. So there was no cell phones or anything like that. Bartlett said that the creature had a watermelon-shaped head. Oh, my. Illuminated orange eyes like glass marbles. Long, thin arms. Long, thin legs. Slender fingers, which it used to grasp onto the pavement. The creature did not have hair. It had rough, flesh-toned skin. It was tan and sandpaper-like. The description almost makes me think of an alien. Like the large head, the skinny body. Funny that you say that because the appearance was very plain with no nose or ears. They did not see a mouth. The creature is thought to be translucent in the night and by day hide in the deep forests of Dover, Massachusetts. There was another witness and it claimed that the creature had green eyes and seemingly smooth, chalky gray toned skin. Three feet tall, the creature is said to make blood curdling noises similar to a hawk screech combined with a snake hiss. People say that it stalks the trees and waits to scare its next victim. It's 11 o'clock and we're in Mandy's backyard still. It's beautiful back here. The Hopkinsville Goblins are on the cryptids list. I don't know if any of you have seen the show Hellier. I believe it's on YouTube. I've seen the first few seasons. I don't know how many seasons there are now. It's interesting and it's about a group of people that are searching for the hopkinsville goblins it's funny to me that they call it goblins because it almost sounds like they're aliens that is my impression that a lot of people believe that they are aliens but they're believed to live in the underground mine shafts oh and they're very small As the story goes, in 1955, five adults and seven children went to the police station in Hopkinsville to report that small alien creatures were attacking their farmhouse. They'd been holding them off with guns for four hours. That's terrifying. They claimed that they'd been shooting at 12 to 15 short, dark figures And these figures repeatedly popped up at the doorway or peered into their windows. 
Were they attacking or just trying to look inside? Though I've heard this story many times before. I can't recall, but they were very afraid. Police officers went to the area and investigated, but didn't find anything aside from evidence of gunfire and holes in the windows and doors made by the firearms. So they must have really thought that there was something out there to shoot up their house. Unless they were, like, just literally crazy, right? Like, you would not shoot and break you would, your and you would think windows and damage your home for attention. Right. And, I mean, that's a, that's a large group of people, right? Like, yeah. seven people all claiming to witness this. I mean, you can, there there's explanations, right? Like, you can always explain everything away. And that's what we say with ghost hunting, right? You can always explain everything away. Like, you could explain it away with, you know, like, there's mass hysteria, right? You would have to say it was, like, some sort of mass hysteria caused by some sort of environmental factor or, I don't know, like, a gas leak in their house. I mean, I'm just throwing right. things this out there. Right, this is what people would say, you know, yeah. The sightings of the Hopkinsville goblins were an inspiration for the movie E.T. and the Pokemon Sableye and the Call of Duty Black Op 2 zombies named Desians. I don't play the game, so I could be saying that wrong. There was also sightings by other civilians that had no connection to the families of the farmhouse. Overall, there's been dozens of eyewitnesses to the incidents, one in an in an entirely different state. A few of the witnesses were local policemen and a state trooper. They also saw unexplained lights in the night sky the same night. So that does make it seem more alien. They were described as three feet tall, upright pointed ears, thin limbs, long arms, claw-like hands, or talons, They were either silvery in color or wearing something metallic. At times, their movement seemed to defy gravity, and they were known to float above the ground or appear in high up places. They walked with a swagger. (laughs) They swayed as if wading through water. They never actually entered the house. They just, you know, they popped up at the windows and the doorways woke up the children in the house who would be hysterical when they fled the farmhouse it was the middle of the night i wonder how deep those mines are right like they they have to go pretty deep like who knows what's down there if that's where they're from i believe that isn't this area also close to mammoth cave i believe mammoth cave system goes all throughout kentucky i think mammoth cave is in kentucky isn't it I know, yeah, I I mean, it is, but I think it goes, like, all through Kentucky. And I know that there's at least 500 miles of unexplored cave. So, I mean, that cave system is pretty deep, and, I mean, they do tours and whatnot. I took one when I was young. Have you ever been there? No. It was really cool. It was really memorable for me. We actually, um, I took my kids years ago to Wyandotte Caves, and it was pretty cool, too, but it's a smaller cave system because I had enjoyed my Wyandotte Cave tour so much but it's funny when you're walking through there there's there's drop-offs that just go really really deep who knows what could be in there did they have railings they did um they did have rails i it's not it's not a place i would take a small child although like i haven't been there god i was young when i went so Mm -hmm. it was potentially 30 years ago they did have like areas blocked off and there were some areas that were even slippery because it's a cave so there's ice and ice formations in it and it's damp there was areas where it could potentially be dangerous you had to use caution and stuff like this i think you can like take different tours like there's different types of tours i don't know what type we took the next one we have is listed as an urban legend but We don't see how that's any different than the cryptids we've already hit on in this podcast. There's no evidence that they exist. The definition of cryptid is a creature that's existence is not proven. This one has a sighting just like the others. And it is the Maryland Goatman. The Goatman was first spotted in 1957. Some Maryland residents claim to have seen a giant hairy monster in Forestville and Upper Marlboro. 
Two weeks after the sightings, a local family's puppy went missing. It was found decapitated. Supposedly, a group of teenage girls heard strange noises the night the puppy went missing. Other residents had claimed that they saw animal, an animal-like creature that walked on its hind legs along Fletchertown Road. A popular story has been linked to Goatman. The story goes that a doctor at the U.S. Department of Agriculture was conducting experiments where he was attempting to merge human and animal DNA. The suspicions are that he allegedly tried to merge goat DNA with the DNA of his assistant. Oh man, this is totally like superhero movie. This is how supervillains are created. (laughs) Or mutants. Yes. And people believe that that may have resulted in the creation of the Goatman. And he has been on a murderous rampage ever since. Some say that he was responsible for the murder of 14 hikers that were hacked to pieces in 1962. Other sightings of Goatman occurred in Prince George County behind the St. Mark Evangelist Middle School and some beneath the Crybaby Bridge in Bowie. So there's a story about Crybaby Bridge. If you park under the bridge when the sun has set, you can hear either a baby crying or a goat. They sound similar, right? They do. They he will leap on your car and try to pull you out of the seat out of oh your my seat. Goodness. He likes to target couples, so apparently he's not into that premarital sex. He's trying to stop it. Wreaking havoc on people at make out point. It sounds like one of the stories that people would make up, right? To keep kids from Making Doing out a make-out point. Yes, yes, yes. There's actually a goat man story in Texas as well. He's around. He gets around. In Texas, the story is the half-man, half-goat was a perfectly normal black man named Oscar Washburn who made his living raising goats and that he was called the goat man by the townspeople. Well, that's horrible. What year was this? It's heavily racist. Well, it gets worse. The bridge that he's said to have haunt was built in 1884. I don't really see when Oscar was around with his goats, raising his goats. Unfortunately, members of the Ku Klux Klan hated to see him successful, and they got in their car by the bridge and turned off their headlights walked to his house and dragged him outside and threw him over the bridge. Oh, my God. So I can see why a horrible story would come out of that, right? Yeah. Like, that's sad and terrible. That's horrible. Um, some people say that they see a ghostly figure of a man herding goats. Others say he stares at them with a goat head under each of his arms. Ooh, that's scary. But I feel like the real goat man there is somebody to feel bad for him you know what i mean it's not a scary thing i think um the people that did that to him are the scary ones one thing that we noticed about the list of cryptids i feel that a lot of it is the same type of creatures repeated there's tons of large cats listed large cats are definitely on this earth maybe a few different types of large cats bread and created another large cat that just hasn't really been technically discovered or, you know, people are just getting a bad view of the large cats or, you know, but then Bigfoot, there's a million different names for Bigfoot. He's on the list repeatedly. You know, there's different regions that have different names for him, but it's the same type of creature, a large Mm -hmm. ape-like creature. And the Loch Ness Monster, you know, is listed on there repeatedly by its different names and Mm -hmm. its different regions. And, it all seems to be mostly the same type of thing. It does. And then on another list I was looking at, does Werewolf was listed on a lot of the states oh, as yes. well. Oh, yes. You know what I didn't see repeated on the list of cryptids that we looked at was Mothman. That's true. I feel like there was just the one generalized Mothman. He's unique. 
My grandma might have seen Mothman. Really? Mm-hmm. Back, this would have been, like, I believe she said it was in the 60s some, at some point. She was home alone. Everybody was at work. My mom, and like, she was grown at work. Everybody's gone. She's the only one in the house. And she was hanging her laundry on the clothesline. Behind their house was a hill. She's hanging the laundry out, and something caught her eye, and she looks up the hill. She thought it was a man coming down the hill with a cape, running fast. She ran in the house, and she locked the door. As one does when a caped man is running towards your house. Yes. And she called my grandpa, like, from work, which she never would have done. You know what I mean? Like, she was definitely afraid. Never called it Mothman, never thought anything about it being Mothman. But a few years later, all of the Mothman sightings started happening in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Point Pleasant, West Virginia is probably under just under an hour's drive from where my grandma lived at the time. When we were talking about it, because we would always talk about different stories and just weird stuff, it kind of clicked with us. What if that was the Mothman? She's like, right. there's this man-like thing. It's flapping its arms. It looks like wings. It has to be a cape. When she looked back out, like, it was gone. She never saw it again. So, was it Mothman? Who knows? Could have just been a weird man in a cape. But I think it was interesting that that happened around the same time in vicinity of the real Mothman sightings. That is a very interesting story. Yeah. We're recording in Mandy's backyard, and the moon has a beautiful aura around it. It is. Lunar aura. Ha- yeah, lunar halo. halo. It's beautiful. But it's just so eerie to be talking about cryptids in the backyard, in the dark, at 11 p.m. We're reading by candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> and the moon just has this huge, huge halo on it. What was the scariest thing tonight for you? When the spider came (laughs) crawling out of the deck. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, What was the funniest thing? I think it would be funny if it wasn't me, but when the bee was coming after me. Yeah. That was my funniest thing. Under attack. I wasn't really under attack. But she just acted like she was. I think Mothman might be over there in the trees right now. Yeah. Something is. Well, it's been fun and we have learned a lot. And Melissa has gotten a lot of mosquito bites. They love me. I I have one of those blood types that they just come after. And I Wonderful. don't. Yeah. And I don't. But. It has been fun. It's been fun to sit out here. I kind of feel like a kid at a slumber party telling scary stories in the dark. Ooh, yeah. Doesn't it seem like that? Yeah, the only thing we're missing is a campfire. We have our... We have our citronella candle, though. <laughs> it's um, it's three wicks, so um, there's been times it's gotten pretty big. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.